0: Welcome to the Peace Corner Podcast. This series is brought together by GPAC, UNOY, and CSPPS. Each episode will bring to you a different peace builder and their personal story. In this season, we dive into the topic of inclusivity. How do we meaningfully bring this concept beyond tokenism? How can we truly involve women and youth in peace building? Young women and men still suffer from stereotypes, myths and policy panics that harm their agency and affect realising their full potential for peace.
1: The evidence is clear. Development is not sustainable if it is not fair and inclusive.
0: Our efforts to build and sustain peace need to be democratised to include the communities most affected. Young people are our best chance in succeeding. In order to
1: break the status quo and make the world a better place, we need gender equality. The fantastic phrase, women's rights are human rights, must become the spine of all our political work. Welcome everybody, welcome back to a new uh, interview from the Peace Corner podcast. Today I'm welcoming uh, Lamis Ayad from Libya, who is working for the Tamazic Women's Movement. Welcome Lamis. Hi, thank you so much for having me today. That's a pleasure. Uh, first of all, uh, to introduce uh, yourself, I would like to know what in your experience, in your private life or in your in your work, um, what you encountered um, brought you to the field of peace building. What made you become a peace builder? Tell me about it.
0: Okay, so first, I'd like to give an overview about the organization I work with. Sure. So I work with Amazigh Women's Movement Organization. We work on <coughs> intersectionality, and we're focused on the intersected identities of gender and ethnicity. So we work both on women's issues and women political uh, women's political participation, but also we work on women among the indigenous communities in Libya. So we work specifically on the Amazigh. Uh, each and every community like has issues and challenges that community members deal with. And Libya, as any other country, uh, has its own issues and problems. So as a community member, I feel the responsibility to be active and help uh, address these issues and challenges we encounter. And try to provide solutions for at least some of the issues that uh, I face or we face as women and indigenous people in, uh, in our community through even... Uh, providing a safe space for youth to uh, to speak up uh, their minds and share their stories and highlight these issues and again help uh, provide solutions for these issues and with uh, with collaborating with other community members and other organizations
1: okay yeah. um, and on this on these particular issues, like what are specifically the discrimination that the Amazigh uh, people are facing uh, within the Libyan society and especially the women. And uh, to develop a bit more, do you think the institutional, governmental and geopolitical instability
0: of uh, Libya is maybe intensifying these issues? So first, uh, I guess to explain this issue, I have to go back to uh, 2011 or the the years before 2011. So uh, before 2011, for instance, the Amazigh weren't able to speak their language, to share their culture. Mm -hmm. Uh, Libya has been Arabized uh so we also we always accept one uh, culture one language one uh, one identity let me say but post the revolution we started like we had more freedom to express our minds and to express our culture and our language but yet people uh, got used to only one uh, to hear one language to see like one culture they're just used to one identity so uh, the people when we started like speaking our language and trying to share our culture and like even organize round discussions about our issues and how we also want Libya to be diverse because Libya has many uh, cultural different cultural backgrounds, but it 's just the issue that we don 't really accept these uh, cultural backgrounds due to uh, the conservatism and how we 're not used to that so uh this is one of the main problems that we we are not accepted as uh as indigenous people or as like different language and different uh backgrounds so people are not used to it so they don't want to they're not willing to accept it and then just I think that it just needs time for people to get used to other other cultures in their community so for instance, we face um issues such as we we still can't like give our babies our children or uh uh, amazigh names or we we still can't like we're not even uh, included in the constitution uh libya is an arab country for instance if we're speaking about the national army it's called the uh, arab national army so uh it's like we're not really included in uh, in that country and the whole country is just arabs and libya has been like Arabized, as i said so i believe that it's Difficult for people to to see this or to understand this because they got used to only one form of identities.
1: Okay, thank you for that. And uh, but so, how within your organization, within your work, what is the what are the, the the mechanism that you are using to to foster this comprehension that is missing, this acceptation that is meeting, missing of the of your uh, indigenous community, and how have you been specifically helping?
0: Um, the woman on these issues? Okay, so uh, in our organization, we work on two uh, two parts. The first part is uh, the indigenous community as a community. We include both men and uh, women. And the other part, we uh, work uh, specifically on Tamazift women. So uh, in the first part, for instance, if we want to discuss the constitution, uh, once we've done a project about, uh, it's an event about the constitution and uh, why do we think that we are excluded and and our language, for instance, is not of, officialized? So uh, this this project or this event included men, both men and women as an indigenous community to discuss the, the problems or the challenges we face and how can we highlight these solutions and uh, highlight these issues and how can we uh, provide solutions for these issues together as a community. But we have another part, which is Tamazigh uh, women. Uh, we work specifically on women. For instance, women's political participation, we specifically work on, uh, on women in indigenous communities and how they can participate in politics to represent both women and indigenous people as uh, facing challenges or issues uh, in the community through their intersected identities, not only as women or not only as indigenous people. We think it's uh, more powerful and helpful to have like women from the indigenous people to represent more than just one group. For instance, uh, one of our projects was expert meeting. It was for <coughs> women in working in different fields from the indigenous community. Uh, these women started sharing their experience and how can we provide solutions as experts and how can we like highlight these issues? how can we uh, sp- uh, make our voices heard and speak with uh, the community to provide solutions together
1: yeah. on on this on this sharing of experience specifically. Uh, that is very interesting. I th- I've seen that you have been documenting stories yeah. of, uh, for instance, me- women who have been victims of uh, gender based violence. Uh, why do you think that sharing these experiences uh, is important? Why do you think it's uh, essential to tell these stories? And maybe can you give me an example of a success that you encounter yeah. by uh,
0: sharing these uh, personal uh, stories? Of course. So in Libya, uh, specifically, many women and girls who experience gender-based violence neither talk about it nor report it mm-hmm. because of the stigma surrounding uh, surrounding their stories. So we challenged this notion by supporting these women to to speak up and tell their stories. For instance, in 2019. Uh, uh, we had a uh, Madden Story" uh, initiative. It was uh, an initiative to collect stories and make a short animation video uh, with uh, with the stories of women uh, in our community. So we first conducted a survey asking people to uh, to fill it with uh, their stories. At first, we didn't have like many stories in uh, in the survey. But after making the short animation video and organizing uh, round discussions with uh, with the local community both in Tripoli and the uh, Fusa Mountains and the rural areas, when we started uh, sharing the animation video and telling people that these are uh, true stories from from the community. People also started sharing their stories. So the main uh, the main goal of this initiative was to to encourage other people to share their stories. It's like to tell the community that it's it's okay to share your story and to speak up and to tell. The other community members, uh, what are the problems that you face in the community? So, for instance, uh, through these round discussions, many people reached out after the round discussions and started, for instance, uh, telling us that, okay, I face, I also face this problem and I, and I want to tell my story. So, we started another campaign. It's called uh, Stop, uh, Stop and Stand Against uh, Gender-Based Violence. Uh, because people started sharing like a lot of stories about gender-based violence. for instance when women shared like four or five stories about gender-based violence and we thought that it's important to share these stories with our with other community members. that's why we started another campaign linked to Madden's Story campaign to share the stories on our social media platforms. So I consider this a success because at the beginning not many people share their stories but then we encouraged people to share their stories and they're not even afraid now if we share them on social media. And make their voices heard, and help other community members see these stories and react to it, and like discuss it, and raise their critical thinking, and highlight like these issues, and for them to realize that these like these uh, stories exist in our community, because many community members deny that there are actually problems or such stories about gender-based violence in our community. Yeah,
1: thank you for this answer. Uh, you just talk about. Uh people sharing their stories, like more people yeah. uh being uh not like not afraid to speak, basically being released to tell their what what happened to them. Um I had a question about this. Are men involved somehow in this process? Uh, what is the, the 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 reception that you do feel among among the men? Because of course when we speak about gender bias violence, we Think most of the time about women, mm-hmm. I, I think, but I think it's also important to consider how men are uh, viewing these issues and if they accept them, or even if there is gender-bias violence that also like concern men. Like, did did you encounter like men stories, or did you encounter support from the
0: from the men from the Masai community or out? Actually, we actually as DWM, we really uh, we really think that including men is very important. Uh, for instance again in men and story initiative in the round discussions I also invited men like because Mm -hmm. men wouldn't uh, really come if if we said like uh, gender based violence uh, round discussion they also exclude themselves from this discussion but I personally like invited men to to be in the round discussion but what I've noticed is uh, men are more likely to share their stories uh, on uh, regarding uh, race based discrimination not gender based violence and I've also tried like to contact uh, 21 women and 20 men asking them uh, asking them about if they have any stories about gender-based violence and I just did it to see if men are also willing to share their stories if they realize that there is gender-based violence also against men but none of these men actually share stories and they always tell me that um, I don't think that I have any stories because I think that women are more like uh, more likely to face gender-based violence and uh, sometimes I have to explain that We are, for instance, a male-dominant community, but they face gender-based violence that they don't realize, they don't recognize. For instance, that they they're not uh, they're not allowed to share their uh, their emotions, or they have much more responsibilities, and women are always excluded. But they don't recognize this; they don't see this as gen- as gender-based violence. So we're still trying to first raise their awareness before, because even including them in the discussion when they don't really recognize these acts or how they also face gender-based violence, I guess it's a, a bit difficult. So now what we're doing is to include them more in the converse- conversation to raise their awareness and about what's actually gender-based violence to start to recognizing the acts that they're also encountering. So you see inclusion as a twofold
1: process. It's yes. not about only bringing at the table the one who yes. are discriminated. It's about... Like gathering everybody, right? Yeah. In our context, yeah. Okay, uh, thank you for this. So, in your work, you're trying to to, to make the Libyan uh, society more inclusive. If I must summarize your your cause and, and the, the, the work you're doing, the term inclusivity is sometimes a bit controversial. Mm-hmm. How do you believe that we can move this term uh, beyond tokenisms of beyond using it only as like an artificial
0: way to um, to move. To a truly more inclusive society. So, okay, I would just to again uh, conclude that TWM works on highlighting uh, race-based discrimination among indigenous communities. So we work on uh, the aspect of inclusivity, uh, as for instance, when we when we do projects, like we try to include more than, like, uh, people from different backgrounds in and, and the discussions to to discuss or. To, to talk about the issues they face and the solutions they want to provide regardless of their background. So we also have like such projects in uh, in our organization where we try to include uh, other people. For instance, the Amazigh are not the only indigenous community in Libya. We have other indigenous communities. So we also try to include these uh, communities and in uh, discussions, uh, if we're going to speak about other indigenous communities, for instance, Tabu and Tuareg, we have other two indigenous communities. They're also like their voices are less heard than even the Amazigh. So we try to include uh, these people. So we're not just talking about inclusivity as a term or as something like too general, too broad uh, in each project we we implement we try to include uh, people from different backgrounds as we also work in different cities for instance we every time we implement a project we implement it in Tripoli where there are Arabs and Amazigh men and women and people from different identities and then we implement it again for instance in the Fusa mountains and in the rural areas where, where we include more people from different backgrounds and it's always it's always like implementing two different projects because implementing the project in Tripoli is much more different than implementing it, for instance, in uh, Nafusa Mountains. So we're ch- it's difficult to include uh, everyone and very, very challenging. As I mentioned, it's like implementing two different projects, but because we believe that this is important and uh, to, to include people uh, who are not often included is very important. That's why we try to, like, to deeply... Uh, to deeply work on inclusivity, not just like talk about it as something general.
1: Thank you for your answer. And in order to bring all these different groups together and to uh, deal with all these different contexts, actually, do you somehow work with other organizations that are like... uh, working on the same on the same topics or do you do you try to to broaden your your voice by associating yourself with like other structures in order to to make like a kind of common front you know to defend this cause yes
0: <clears throat> we're actually also uh we have like a a local network mm-hmm. uh a, a network sorry of local organizations uh, there are many organizations working on actually not very similar uh, similar causes and from different uh, cities in Libya so we have this network of local organizations called youth, youth and women as peace builders so we always try to to highlight again the issues in challenges that we face in our community so we do uh, work with other organizations for instance this network has organizations from the east and the west and uh, also different cities different identities and indig- indigenous communities uh arabs so we try to we try to work together on these issues even if it's like very difficult to work for instance with organizations in the east because of the political situation and different stakeholders but we also try to at least uh, discuss the issues, even when it comes to the political situation and how can we overcome this challenge. So, yeah, we always make sure to work with other uh, local organizations.
1: Thank you. Um, and coming back to the very specific situation of uh, of Libya in terms of uh, geopolitical context and uh, fragility and instability, I wanted to know how this whole, uh setting is impacting uh, your work on uh, today's uh,
0: implementation. So, uh, yeah, of course, uh, I'd like to mention that uh, conflict and the instability in our community is by large one of the biggest challenges and the main challenges that we always face when implementing projects. For instance, in the conflict that broke out in April 2019, we had uh, two project, uh, two projects. One of them, I'm sorry, that I, I've already mentioned, and the other one was an exhibition uh, regarding gender-based violence. Uh, it was an exhibition in uh, in Tripoli. So we're trying to uh, to highlight gender-based violence and to share. Uh, to share, like, stories about gender-based violence through art. So we weren't able to, uh, to implement this project, for instance, due to uh, the security threats. And it's, it's very sensitive right now, uh, to implement this project, for instance. So it can, like, whole projects can, uh, absolutely stop because of the, uh, or be postponed because of, uh, because of the ongoing, uh, conflict. So, yeah.
1: Okay, thank you for your answer. Uh, to end this uh, interview, I would like to know, as a 21 uh, years old uh, young peace builder, young woman, what is actually the vision of feminism that you and your organization are willing to promote? You know that this term is really controversial mm-hmm. and I'm very interested to know what
0: is your vision on this very specific uh, topic. Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, as you said, like speaking about feminism, it's sometimes it can be controversial and too, too general. So I would speak about uh, my vision and the vision of organization through my, uh, my own identities and our own uh, vision because we promote the concept of intersectionality amongst uh, the uh, women. Uh, in indigenous uh, communities in Libya, and uh, our goal is to tackle all forms of discrimination faced uh, faced by uh, by women in my community. So, uh, the way I view feminism or how I work on feminism is through my intersected identities and how to look, uh, how to look. At women not only as women, but also as for instance indigenous or when it comes to also to their color or their race and uh, their different identities that makes them who who they are because for instance uh I share a lot of uh, challenges and difficulties with other with other women uh, not from indigenous communities but as a woman from the indigenous community I face more than one aspect of discrimination for instance so I always try to work on, on feminism uh, through the concept of intersectionality and how to even within your own self and your own identity, how to include the diversity of your identities and how to work, uh, on them collectively, not just to highlight the issues of women. Because I tried, like, um, Like two years ago or three years ago, I tried to work with other women's uh, organizations, but I kind of didn't find myself in those organizations because I always have to highlight my issues only as a woman in the community. But I feel like other identities uh we shouldn't like disregard other uh identities and include women as uh, as a whole not only as as like the gender identity but always the, uh, but also the other identities that we have so this is how i view feminism and how to speak about women as uh, through their intersected identities and not only as women so we shouldn't that
1: and do, do you think that this way of considering feminism so not only basically identifying women as being woman but just as being like uh, let's say a, a pack of multiple uh, identities multi, multiple uh, different uh, char- characters um, do, do you think this is the, the the way that we can make that we can uh, make different fights against discrimination uh, gather together and this is really the way we can bring inclusivity uh, on the table we can really make it a society uh, a society reality basically do you think this is the way uh, more organizations should work basically should especially like feminist
0: organizations uh okay, so I'll start by saying that uh privilege is invisible to those who ha- who have it. So uh so men for instance, they don't really care about their gen- their gender, uh their identity, like gender identity. And speaking about our community specifically, uh Arabs don't really care about the the issue of race. So sometimes it's just Unconscious that they don't include, uh, for instance, women, uh, women from the indigenous people, or women, uh, or women from like different uh, identities and backgrounds, because they don't see the discrimination, because they're not facing this type of discrimination. So before, like, we can include, as I mentioned earlier, we can include like so many people on the table, but we have to bear in mind that not everyone will understand and not everyone knows, and even if sometimes you tell them, not everyone can recognize. Even I mentioned earlier that we worked on men so first we have to raise awareness to make them understand what's gender based violence and how they are actually facing gender based violence and encountering it in our community so i believe that we can include uh, many people from different backgrounds but they but they're not necessarily seeing or understanding uh, the discrimination so mostly uh, people with intersected identities can can see the discrimination because other people who have another identity that might be powerful in your community don't the it's invisible they don't really uh, recognize it or see it yeah
1: thank you very much for your answer uh so thank you very much lemis for joining this session that was a very interesting discussion and i am very happy that we could like discuss all these uh, different topics i think they're very important and um, i wish you uh, luck and success for your work
0: Uh, Yeah, thank you so much uh, again for for having me. I really liked uh, the discussion and giving me the the space to to speak about myself and our organization. So thank you. That was my pleasure. pleasure. Thanks for listening to today's episode of The Peace Corner. Interested in hearing more from us? Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud or wherever you might be listening.